your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle Empire. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire, the Off Tackle Empire podcast where we are discussing everything Big Ten, everything Midwest, absolutely all the time. Um, man, we should at some point resume that thing where we do this in person um, because the dog interruptions have been very minimal. And I think that's what most people tune in for. We're, we're definitely costing ourselves you know, ad revenue and page views and everything by not factoring the dogs into it more. Although we'd, our, we'd take our dogs to the vet today. And so they've been very depressed and demure since then. Apparently thinking if they misbehave, we'll take them back and get them poked more. <laughs> uh, our, our, I mean, my dogs have pretty much just kind of settled in and realized that they're going to be waiting around before anything else happens. Yeah. Plus my fiance is not here. And so I mean, R2 doesn't have anyone to protect from me. Um, and Minnie's pretty chill most of the time anyway. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I never know when... I mean, thing is, Millie's not going to start barking at something unless Moon barks at something because she can't smell the things that are outside. If she could smell them, she'd be barking at them constantly. But <laughs> I have all the windows closed for that reason. <laughs> anyway... I'm Steve Braun with Andrew Krzyzewski, and we're here to talk about Nebraska. It's Nebraska week. Um, we're mid-June when this comes out. Yeah. And, well, it could have gone worse, but it certainly could have gone better. Yeah, that's fair to say. And that's honestly something we could say about really every team that we preview in June every year. Which is to say, well, look here, you weren't terrible. We didn't get to you in May, but yeah, it could have been could have been better. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, um, they 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 beat Penn State to uh, drop them to what zero and five. I believe so. Yes, I think that was kind of. I think that was basically the bottoming out moment no it had to be earlier than that because that well maybe not because it was nebraska's fourth game well then they were on the receiving end of lovey smith's swan song yeah the the lovey nova if you will (laughs) yep so what do we have i mean i don't know what to make of this anymore it just feels like like it's just the Scott Frost era is struggling to cling to the rails. Well, here's, here's what, so first of all, two observations. First of all, recall, even if you're a Nebraska fan, recall how objectively funny it is that Nebraska was the school who made the most noise about, we want to compete. Our, our players want to get out there and just compete in the competition. And the Big Ten said, okay, go to the horseshoe first. Um, that's that's objectively one of the most hilarious things that a sporting entity has ever done. Uh, I know if it happened to your team, it feels different, but you got to understand to the rest of us, that shit's hilarious. Yeah, and that really, you know, 
emotions were pretty high last year and a lot of it didn't have to do with football because everybody was very emotional over many non-sports related things last year. I want to get really emotional about sports again. Um, of course, I didn't really have room to feel much of anything about football after the first game where, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the very last uh, embers of the Lovey Smith era died to a 19 for 20 something passing performance to tight ends and stuff. But my point is I want people to be feeling, you know, terrible emotions, anxiety, anger, and all this stuff about football again. Come on. Yeah. Let's get back. Let's get back to where, to where sports was just the, was the thing that we put all of our negative feelings into because it was there and you know, there wasn't, and not everything else was terrible. So if you look at Nebraska's outcome last year, Here's the impression I got, which was there's the season opening blowout against Ohio State, the surprising, again, amusing loss to Illinois. And then the rest of their games were really very much up in the air. And taking those two substantial losses aside, pretty much every other game, was, I think they were all 10 points or less. Um, let me think, yeah, no, I'm, gonna, I'm looking here. And yeah, that's right. So they had a 10 point win over Purdue. And everything else, aside from those two we mentioned, was a single score. And they went three and three in those games. So you've got a couple games where you're outmatched. Again, the Illinois thing was just what was an aberration, the likes of which I don't know how to explain. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I really well, don't. I can I can explain it like this. OK, I know it's a bit weird to think of Nebraska as a team that should win roughly half the game since they've roundly failed to do that under Scott Frost. But they certainly got the talent to do so, right? Frost's coaching record suggests that he's capable of doing so. And so among those teams that you expect to be middling, they are far and away the most vulnerable to really stupid dick trip losses, right? Can, can you name me a team with greater volatility that should be in the middle of the pack? No, not I've not in the last couple of years in the Big Ten. No, you would I mean, have maybe you, said Purdue. I, a few I, years maybe, ago. maybe, I, maybe, 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 maybe Maryland. Um, but that wasn't really their result last year. So I no, I other than the Maryland teams of the last couple of years, no, I really don't think so. So like, you can't like they should absolutely beat Illinois this year, but they absolutely should have beaten them last year especially since they wanted to compete so badly. They wanted to play much more than Illinois did. Sure. And I'm just, you know, I, I go back and forth on whether to attribute any meaning to things that happened last year or not. Cause I keep trying to tell myself, well, if I'm thinking about Northwestern, for example, I'm like, yeah, they won the division. Also they lost to Michigan state. And also what does any of that stuff mean relative to this year? So uh, same same thing for Nebraska. Yeah, they had a couple bad losses, one that was expected, one that should not have been, and a lot of other close games. Does that mean that they're well, that they're a firmly middle of the pack team despite having top four or five in the conference talent? I, My point is this. When under Scott Frost do they not have a loss that just makes the fans tear their hair out? How could this happen? How could this have happened? I don't understand. When have they not had that? Uh, no point. That's been the feature of that's been the feature of the Scott Frost tenure. So and God blowing a huge lead to a, a pretty sizable lead to a 
to a forgettable Colorado team. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Didn't they lose yeah. both of the games in that series? Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah, every year, every year there's been at least one result that yes, I'm I'm sure they're looking at it like, yes, like how did it come to this? Um but I'll I, look, there's a bright side to this too. From a talent position, especially on defense, they could be in much worse shape. They got a lot of guys taking the extra year. Um, ben Stilley, Markel Dismuke, Jojo Doman, Will Honus, um, and Deontay Williams. So they've got a lot of guys coming back to a defense that was actually pretty decent for the most part, underratedly so, I think, last year. They've got continuity on that side of the ball. So things are a little more copacetic. Again, they, their overall numbers are going to be skewed by the fact that they gave up 52 to Ohio State and 41 to Illinois, which, again, is just fucking bizarre. <laughs> um, <laughs> but notwithstanding that, uh, notwithstanding that scoring total, their yardage defense wasn't too bad in that game. Um, and they've got a lot of pieces coming back from that. So their defense could be a strength. And they also add to that some – pop with their freshman class they've got the number 20 ranked class in the country um, a couple of four-star D, uh, linebackers and randolph kapai and let me get the name right winden Ho'ohuli, who could both contribute right away not that they need linebackers to play immediately but they're gonna you know obviously the idea is eventually you are in a position where you not only have proven starters but also depth so On that side of the ball, they really should be pretty good. Where there's a lot more in the way of question marks is on the offensive side. And this has been the difficult to understand aspect of the Frost era, which is there are times when you can clearly see what they're going for here. And they're not, it doesn't feel like they're too far away from it. But then inevitably, inexorably, they make the big mistake. Um, usually in the form of the turnover. And I don't know that that improves much next year because so they, they had Luke McCaffrey transfer out, which resolves their quarterback debate about how, because that's really necessarily a good thing on offense is they went, they go back and forth. Neither quarterback is really good enough to firmly keep the job from the other. Um, And now McCaffrey is gone. So you have to go with Adrian Martinez. It felt like Martinez was the guy with the more big play upside, but he didn't, but McCaffrey took care of the ball better. Yeah. And And, and again, to revisit Illinois and Nebraska, five turnovers to zero turnovers. Right. (laughs) And also they gave up 490 yards, but it, it started to turn into a time of possession thing because again, they just couldn't stop giving up the ball. Yeah. And the other thing we mentioned this a couple times over the course of last season, which is that even when they had this dynamite combination of running backs in Dedrick Mills and Wandale Robinson, neither of whom they have this year, by the way, they were still like they were giving more carries to their quarterbacks. I understand that part of that is just the reads the quarterback make, but they have one, they have a problem keeping their quarterbacks healthy, and two, the quarterbacks have a problem hanging on the ball. Maybe you shouldn't be keeping the ball in their hands quite so often. Um, but when you what, got them as running backs, basically, what yeah, I, I understand that. And their receivers didn't really offer them a whole lot last year, but if it's not working, you got to, yeah, tweak things a little bit. You got to get the ball in the hands of your bowling ball in mills and your spark on the outside in Robinson. 
And now they've got the problem of they don't even have those options. They have to find other guys. Uh, In their last three games against Illinois alone, they turned the ball over 11 times. And granted, part of that is that the entire premise of the Lovey Smith defense is, well, cause the turnover. Um, at the but it seems, to, it seems to be like a Pokemon elemental thing where that is super effective against Nebraska's offense. <laughs> You're weak against cover two. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so as you mentioned, Robinson transferring out for what turned out to be a family situation. That's not like a chemistry on the team thing issue. Um, Dedrick Mills is gone. Luke McCaffrey is gone. So now Adrian Martinez is under all this pressure and they're also shuffling the deck at wide receiver because they have Marcus Fleming out, Cade Warner out, um, a couple of tight ends, Jared Bubak and Kurt Rothdahl are both out. So they have Omar Manning, who they brought in last year, who was like the top rated Juco receiver in the country, I believe, or if not, then, you know, in that atmosphere, they're bringing in another transfer this year in Samori Dure from Montana, you know, well-known talent pipeline and making his, uh, making sort of his Keith Van Horn turn late in his career, just seeing how many jerseys he can collect. Um, Oliver Martin will walk on for Nebraska after a career, which has taken him so far to Ann Arbor and Iowa city as well. So those are, again, they're, they're shuffling the deck. Like again, the receivers who were here last year are gone new group there. Um, they're going to be looking for a new guy in the running back group. Uh, Ronald Tompkins just transferred out. I think either today or yesterday as we're recording this. So you'll get, by the time you listen to this, it's a couple of weeks old and things may have changed, but USC import Marquis step is probably going to be the guy running back at least as the starter. This is a system that calls for a couple of running backs. So they're going to need to find another guy. Um, Marvin Scott, the third might be a decent option there. Here's the overall impression I have of this team right now, which is this is a team that's in need of some good vibes. You know, the season opener is no longer in Ireland. Although I did also see that now they're scheduling another Ireland game for 2022 uh, against Northwestern. So they're just going to try it again <laughs> and apparently assume that, well, they've, they've got the most Irish Catholic coach in the conference. So for sure, this time the game will go through as scheduled. Um it just it's something it feels like this is a program where it couldn't hurt for them to keep a lower profile. And it's been a quiet offseason for them, at least here outside of their media markets. But it just feels like every time anything noteworthy happens to this program, it's just something that we end up making fun of them for later. You know, the the hoodie thing while wearing a hoodie, um, the commenting on Indiana stupid, and then though. losing to Indiana. What's that? Objectively stupid. Yeah, like it's just it. And maybe he's learned something, you know, maybe there's been a little bit of humility, maybe there's been a little bit of reflection and that's, and that's been, and, you know, able to get back to a more normal off season. I mean, they're just diving into the fan, coaching and they're leaving the press conference bits for when they actually do something. Yeah, if you're a Nebraska fan, you got to be hoping this guy just like shuts up for a bit and just actually does something like you know, and, at the, and at I the remember there least, was a time at the when... very least that he at least doesn't say something that pisses off an opponent who is then in a position to rub your face in it because that's happened a few times. Um, well, and, and you know, this seems ridiculous to say again, but how important is this season opener at Illinois? 
Very. Lose lose to a retooling. Lose Brett Bielema's first game. How about that? Yeah, don't do that. Don't like, do that. That again to to a. This is the season where it's like, all right, you know, I know we've been drunk a lot, but we're focused. You know, we've got experience here. We're not going to be making the same mistakes. So you, you got to beat the team that epitomized your mistakes last year. Um, it feels Exercise like... Exercise that. Yeah, that particular demon should be pretty easy to get rid of. Yeah. And it, it, it's a game where they should have a decided talent advantage. For sure. But, yeah. but you know, it feels like Brett Bielema is actually prioritizing winning this year. So who knows? He could have the advantage of they don't have the schemes on film. So that's true. And because, yeah, look, if you lose that Illinois game, it does not matter what you do the following two weeks. You are not going into that road trip to Norman with anything resembling confidence. I don't care if you outscore Fordham and Buffalo, your weeks two and three opponents by 150 to nothing. I don't know what they could possibly do that would make me think that they would do anything other than get absolutely, you know, burned to the ground and the earth salted where they once stood. At the only thing is, I, I don't know what exactly the status of the matchup between Nebraska and Oklahoma is. I know they're, they're trying to get out of it. Are they- which it's hard for me to blame them, honestly. This no, is not I what you need. Hell no. In, this in is not what you like need in a yeah, situation no. like this. Hard pass on playing Oklahoma this year if you're Nebraska, in my opinion. I get that that's a matchup that you miss. I get that that makes you long for the days when things, frankly, were better for Nebraska when you were playing Oklahoma regularly. I don't think that still playing them regularly would do anything for you, nor is this matchup in this season going to improve your fortunes at all. Um, yeah, that's... That's not a game you should want. Because the fact of the matter is, <laughs> this schedule is brutal. It's yeah. hard to imagine a much worse schedule for a Nebraska team in desperate need of a bowl game. I mean, well, basically, I mean, just a bowl game. They desperately need to make a bowl game this year. Yeah. If were, what are we even doing? If you were to swap out the Michigan State trip for Penn State or Indiana, it could be a little tougher. But other than that, your cross your your cross division matchups are Michigan and Ohio State, and you host both of those teams. Uh, but still, that's you know, accounting for the fact that you've got a West Division schedule against teams that are that basically, with the exception of Illinois, every Big Ten West opponent Nebraska is going to face this year fits into one of two categories: they're either markedly better than you, or their coach is also kind of desperate. Um, and you can figure out for yourself which category those opponents fit into. There's a couple teams that sort of fit into both categories. Um, but yeah, it, it's a difficult schedule. And boy. Because it feels it like, I mean, I, mean, I don't you... see any, uh, honestly, I think there's a better chance of them beating Ohio State than Oklahoma. I really do. Um, I feel like that could be a game where Oklahoma just decides, like, hey, let's get Spencer Rattler some Heisman hype here. Well, isn't it the case, though, that Oklahoma's defense can sure be scored on? Um, I mean, you, I could see a scenario where Nebraska runs for 400 yards against them as a team. I, I could. I could, but I could also see a situation where that 
means that they put up like 24 points to Oklahoma 70. Um, I don't think that follows. I, I don't necessarily get your point there, but well, I, because they run up tempo, they do. Nebraska generally does a pretty up tempo offense, and that has the effect of maximizing Oklahoma's possessions. And yeah, Oklahoma's like Oklahoma not exactly could... running, you know, three yards of cloud of dust run down the play clock. I mean, that the same is true for them, I would think. I've, I'm not disputing that Oklahoma is a vastly better team than Nebraska, but. I see more of a road to making that game competitive than the Ohio State game. That's I think Ohio State's going to run well, away. Well, I mean, we're we're splitting hairs here. They're going to lose both of those games, uh, probably, probably pretty, pretty horrifically, probably like in horrifying manner. Uh, I don't see them beating Wisconsin on the road. <coughs> I'd be very surprised if they beat Iowa. Of course, that's the thing where if you're Nebraska, you're be thinking, God, can we possibly beat Iowa? And you know because. It's been a while, but. Well, sure. But we also generally go into that matchup thinking, oh, this is going to be a bloodbath. And it's been close the last couple of years, has it not? I know last year was a one-score game. I recall thinking this before. Yeah, 2019, they lost by three. Last year, they lost by six. Um, 2018, they lost by three. No, this. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's been. It's been. A series of Iowa wins, but it's not like Iowa's been running them over. You know, it, it's those have been Kirk Ferentz wins. Northwestern is Northwestern, whatever. Um, who knows? Whatever you think about that game is probably wrong, other than that it'll be stupid. Um, got it. Again, it, you talk about a team with vastly superior talent with a similarly desperate head coach. How about Michigan? Yeah, how about Michigan? How about Purdue? Um, Minnesota, I don't think has the desperate coach, nor do I think they really have a big talent advantage either way there. Um, anyway, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm a little too down on them, but it, it definitely hurts to have the Illinois and Minnesota games be on the road. Um, because those are two games that, yes, I'm willing to say that Minnesota is, a game they stand a chance of winning. Illinois is obviously a game that everybody stands a chance of winning. Um, probably a pretty good one. And those are games that you just wish you had the extra edge of being at home just to, you know, just to make sure. I mean, Northwestern kind of doesn't matter where or when you play them as long as you're not Ohio State. Yeah, hang on a second, though. I'm going to look at something because you say that, and yet – I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at Illinois' schedule and the ticket prices that they have listed for every game. And the most expensive ticket according to ESPN is the road trip to Penn State. But as far as the home games go, tickets for Nebraska are already starting at $77. <laughs> yeah, for, so, for an Illinois football game. So that's all Nebraska fans. Yeah, right. And so you say, well, you'd rather have Illinois at home and I'm kind of like well would they because remember this is the this is the fan base in the conference you can count on to show up wherever the game is so um <laughs> anyway I I don't know if I don't know if I would quite agree on that aspect but look that's definitely a game you want to win no question <laughs> no question about that we're not gonna fill our stadium so if you want to do it for us you know bully you maybe we can actually afford to keep all of our basketball assistance the next time we get a one seed I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's quite the, well, 
Maybe so. We'll leave it at that. Speaking of basketball, who boy, that did not go well, did it? Um, we've got some numbers here just to run past you. This is a very analytical, data-driven podcast, so let us present the numbers, and they will tell the entire story. Fred Hoiberg, first two seasons in Lincoln, is off to a 14-45 and 45 start overall. That's good for a .237 win percentage. Well, 23.7. You fucking pedant. (laughs) Um, There's some extenuating circumstances to be sure, Uh, especially as far as last season goes. Nebraska had a COVID pause. And then after they got back from that, the conference decided, oh, no, you're getting all these in. And so they had to play 15 games in 32 days to end their season. It's that's, interesting how that works and how how those that's standards are applied. Such a farce. Um, Didn't they oh, yeah, have yeah. one where they where they just went to Maryland to play two games in two nights? Like yeah. they, <laughs> they went to Maryland, played a game, stayed there so they could play another game against Maryland the next day. And I'm like, why don't you just play? Like, just make it a baseball series. Let's just play a four pack. Have one of them as a matinee. You know, fly a, a getaway game. Sort of thing. played Illinois three uh, times. Yeah, because after all, these are amateur athletes. We can't very well make them play every day because they have to get to class between the two away games at Maryland in the course of a week. Um, just just utter, utterly preposterous situation that the conference put Nebraska's players in last year. Um, but again, but even so, they like, underperformed even given that. Yes. And just think about that record to this point and consider the kind of turnaround it would take for Nebraska to even get to a 500 record next year. And then assume that they can do that, keeping in mind the jump that's going to take. And then ask yourself how long it's going to take Hoiberg to get to an overall winning record. And then ask yourself how long it's going to take him to get to a conference winning record. Because in the Big Ten in those first two years, Nebraska's gone 5-34. and 34. Yeah, he'd have to have the two best seasons in big 10 history back to back to get over 500. Yeah. And this is all in the backdrop of a roster wheel. That's churning as fast as ever. Um, So here, I believe this is still accurate. So players who are out Um, Teddy Allen, that was a mid season thing that happened like four days after he dropped 41 points. They also lose a call up. Yvonne Widroga. Talk about taking profit. Teddy Allen was like, all right, my stock is up a little bit. That's going to cash this out for a nice 20% gain. You know, you never, you never go broke by taking profit early. <laughs> right. Where, you know, whereas Thorier Thor Yarnerson, meanwhile, is just diamond hands to the moon through this, you know, <laughs> whole transition. Um, so yeah, those, those guys are out. Um, and, and then Elijah Wood also transfers presumably to Barrett Dewar Tech. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this always makes me laugh. Oh, that being said, they do have a serious incoming infusion of talent. However, um, in terms of incoming transfers, you've got shooting guard CJ Wilcher from Xavier and wing Keon Edwards from DePaul. They also have their best recruiting class in terms of prep prospects ever by a huge margin. Um, first ever five-star in Nebraska history, Bryce McGowan's, yes, younger brother of Trey, who was on the team last year, and is coming back. 
And then also a top 100 center, um, Wilhelm Breidenbach, who on his own would, I believe, be like the third or fourth best recruit they've ever had. Um, they have a Juco wing in Kaisei Tomonaga coming in. And then another center, Oleg Kohenetz, that's probably going to be a little bit more of a project. Um, we mentioned, of course, Trey McGowan's is back. Kobe Great Webster is taking a senior, senior year. God, this team has amazing names. I mean, yeah, man, no, it's I mean, pretty good. It's pretty good. But look, there's a way, there's a way to see that, okay, this team is going to have considerably more talent than either of the first two squads that Hoiberg has had. All those guys we just mentioned, plus they still have Shamil Stevenson, still have Wat Mayan, still have Derek Walker, who emerged as a post-presence for him last year. That's a pretty decent nucleus, but the thing is, they're still going to be small. They're going to need those two freshman centers to play and be pretty good unless they go small ball almost exclusively. And again, given this is Fred Hoiberg, that's a definite possibility. Here's a rebound by Wilhelm Breidenbach, and he kicks it out to Thor, Thor Bjarnason, who <laughs> fires for three, and it's off. It's going to be rebounded by Oleg Kojinets. Yeah, again, like the only the only regret here is that they lost the gooey dragon, Widraoga. <laughs> but um, uh, kind of like you would. I mean, yeah, no, it, it's that's a good compliment. But look, it's it's it speaks to the depth they've cultivated on their all name team when you can lose gooey dragon and Elijah Wood and Thorier Thorianerson in one season and still probably have the best entries, still probably have the best unit from that perspective um, in the conference. But yeah, if there's, there's basically two scenarios here, either, well, three, I'm sorry, that either the freshman centers are ready to go and are, you know, serviceable, and that's probably their best case scenario, or they're not ready to go but play anyway, or they're not ready to go, and so they go small ball. Two of those three scenarios, probably the more likely, result in Nebraska being extremely easy to score on in the interior again. This is a team that was pretty rough defensively. Um, so look at with the amount of talent he's got in this particular spin of the wheel, I think it's more likely that they're good this year than it was the last two, but look at this particular go around. They've, they've got way more talent than they did last two years. That's the thing that you keep in mind. If you're a Nebraska fan is you sort of, you sort of put the first two years out of your mind and assume that it was all leading up to this, that this is the group. This was the year that he was building towards. Not that you've got any proof of that on the court, but that based on the talent you have on paper, things are going to be better. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, everything about Fred Hoiberg, Nebraska being competitive is theoretical right now. And there is a consensus in the scientific community that it is definitely possible, but we're talking entirely theoretical right now. Not something that's been observed, at least certainly not on the court because God, Damn, they were bad. The conditions are as good as they're going to get, right? The only thing that's going to get better than this is experience, which is not nothing. But you got to feel like even without experience, they can definitely be the best Fred Hoiberg Nebraska team right away. Not that that's going to take much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying because the bar is so low, <laughs> they, they just, with a talent infusion like this, if they if they aren't better, then frankly, you you fire Hoiberg and you don't even think twice about it. Yeah, I, I th- they probably won't. 
but if he has another season like they did these first two, that's that that's fireable. That absolutely will be fireable. But I mean, like you go five and fifteen, that's enough to keep it. But you do what Ben doing with more talented players, and then they transfer out. Like that's a real get, get the that's fuck out of here. Get, get, get point, out of here. Take yeah, your clown shoes and squeak your way out of here. <laughs> Take your clown shoes on that very polished basketball court and squeak loudly out the door. I'd be good calling it there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, I mean, how fucking clown shoes would that be? They got some real talent, man. They really should be good. Yeah. Yeah, they should be interesting. They should, at the very least, be a lot more interesting. Oh, uh, dude, at times, they were compellingly interesting. That is true. Um, They were not good. That's why I shied (laughs) away from saying anything like like they should be more competitive, because they were kind of competitive. They just lost all the games. Yeah, and I mean they won't have to play fifteen in a month again. Yeah, they're, so, they're not going to have to play. They're not going to have to play a one seed three times. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Like, huh. all right, man. Well, um, good talking to you. Um, take it easy. Yep. See you around. Take it easy. See you. Well, definitely see you next week. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me know if things change for Saturday. But yeah, doesn't seem like they will. All right. Deuces. Later. Your source for big and talk. It's off tackle empire.